Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Momentum. And we are 31-year Wall Street veterans who have taken on secret identities and gone underground in order to provide our candid views on a handful of stocks uh, that we find each week by reading the Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen our faces on TV, you've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air, so we've disguised our voices and they'll never know. Uh, this week we look at the March 9th, 2012 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey, small and mid-cap edition, which uh, we're just reading here as a hobby. Um, but first, a couple important disclosures. First, this show is for entertainment purposes only. That's not a guarantee. Uh, secondly, this is a hobby after work. Uh, Mo and I are professional analysts during the week, but here on the show, uh, we're just kicking back after work. Uh, fourth, you know, during the week, we do a lot of important fundamental analysis. Uh, we do very little of that here on the show at all. We're just actually reading Value Line as subscribers. And uh, finally, uh, we're drinking. So that's no shock to longtime listeners. And so... Uh, cheers. Cheers. This time we're both drinking uh, the same thing. We're both drinking uh, a little vodka drink. Now this week, uh, I'm sad to say I've got an important, a few important announcements. So if you don't want to hear these announcements and you just want to get to the stock ideas, and we've got three pretty good ideas this week, Rockwood Holdings... San Juan Basin Realty, and USA Mobility. Uh, but before we get to that, I've got an important announcement, which is, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we may have to, uh, we may be changing the name of the show. Now, don't, don't get shocked. Uh, Value Line Observer has served us very well. Uh, we're reading Value Line. We're observing Value Line. But um, we're thinking of the show Stock Talk, which we actually used to use on the radio. Please write in about that. Now, you may say, why are you going to do that, Val? Well, here's an interesting thing. So, again, fast forward if you don't want to hear about this. We've been doing the show six years, uh, or I have. Mo joined last year. We're all professional Wall Street analysts. If you go to our website, um, we don't reveal our name because, again, we don't really want people to be calling us up at work and things like that. Um, but we're very serious about... Uh, giving back to the community, talking about a few stocks, and most of our listeners are students and things like that. And, and of course, as you know, these shows are free. Well, uh, I got a, in the uh, email a couple days ago a cease and desist letter from Value Line. And I'm thinking, gee, why haven't they ever phoned before? We've been doing this a long time. And in fact, on the website, I talk about, I wonder why Value Line hasn't called, you know. But now they have, and I guess uh, our disclosures on the website have not been good enough because um, <clears throat> maybe we should have been more clear <clears throat> that we are not value line. We're analysts. And uh, I thought, always thought that was pretty clear. But if it isn't, we're, we're analysts, and we're reading value line. And as we say on our website, we love Value Line. That's why we talk about it. That's why we encourage you to read it. Uh, frankly, Value Line is not a primary resource for us during the week. But the reason we've tended to focus on it here on the show after work is because it's affordable to everyday investors who are the types of people listening to the show. I mean, obviously, here at my desk, I have access uh, right here to uh, Morningstar, FactSet, 
Bloomberg, CompuStat, Zach, Standard & Poor's, Merrill Lynch Research, Goldman Sachs, Bernstein, Sedoti. I mean, I can go on and on. We have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of resources here, but no one can afford that. What can they afford? Value Line. I'm a 30-year reader of Value Line. I think it's a great resource. Now, let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. <clears throat> you have all access to all those resources. I yeah. just walked around the office, and I saw yeah. Value Lines on most people's desks. I saw them on top of the file cabinets over there by the printer. We, you hear? So, yeah. obviously, you must think this is pretty valuable, if given the fact that you have almost well, unlimited access to other resources. We you can get whatever we want. I can get CEOs to come to my office. Then I what? have 10Ks online. I don't need... Value line. But, but you do use it. The reason we all use value line, I mean, I've been in the business 30 years, and it's just great for the, you know, the, the weekly magazine to come. You page through it. It's an easy way to make sure you're kind of up to date on every stock. You're not, you know, it's all public information. So the key thing about value line and why I like it is the way it's organized. It's a quick read. I mean, obviously, when I'm doing serious research, I go and get the source documents, the 10Qs, 10Ks, etc. The reason I'm talking about this, ladies and gentlemen, is that Value Line, a few days ago, uh, they sent a letter asking us to cease and desist using the name Value Line Observer because people might confuse the show with Value Line. So, again, I don't know if people are confused. You know, write your thoughts about this to Val at thevalueguys.com, and I'll pass them out to their uh, lawyer here who I was thinking about giving her email here on the show, and you could send her stuff directly but, you know, that, that might upset her, and I don't want to upset Value Line. Um, one of the reasons we focus on Value Line is because we think our listeners can benefit from Value Line. Facts that cost $50,000. I mean, people aren't going to get that. Uh, the other thing they've asked me to do is um, remove all the shows uh, from the database. Now, again, these are free. We're doing this as a public service. There's no revenue here. It's just guys drinking and talking about stocks, and we're professionals. But they want me to remove all the shows, and yet the resource there is when you pull the XML, you can look at all these past tickers and pull up these shows. Now, we don't, on these shows, talk about value line. We talk about stocks, and yet they're asking me to remove all these shows. So, no, again, you know what? No, I don't. It's too late. Too late for what? Well, those shows were included in the time capsule that NASA put on the rocket that's going into outer space. That's it's going true. To, it's going to Saturn. They are heading into another so those solar system. Live. We cannot stop that spacecraft exactly. at this point. So they they may not be on the web, but we know they're somewhere. Well, we have listeners all over the world. In I Saturn? Can't, well, Saturn, but I mean in the world. Oh, in the world. China, India, Europe. I mean, we have 10,000 listeners a week. We're ranked on iTunes every week. So, again, we like Value Line, and I'm a 30-year customer, and we probably have 20 subscriptions here in the office, uh, and yet they're asking me to cease and desist. The other interesting thing is I noticed that uh, Value Line has a market cap of $112 million. Did you see that, Mo? Yeah, we highly recommend the uh, I mean, purchase of the stock. that would be my smallest position during the day. I mean, I, I think that... Uh, you know, we could buy Value Line here at the shop and just, you know, kind of make this problem go away. We're not going to certainly do that. My point here is, listeners, we probably will just change the name of the show to Stock Talk. You know, I don't want a lot of problems with Value Line. I just think it's interesting that they think people are confused that we somehow are Value Line and we're benefiting. And yet, I think for six years we've been encouraging people to use Value Line. Go buy a subscription, 
And as professionals, we're pointing out the value of the service. So again, I don't understand. You know, I had to encourage people here at the shop to use Value Line. Some of the younger people didn't know what Value Line was. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't understand exactly, you know, why they want to do this. But um, I'm not mad about it, really. I think we'll change the name to Stock Talk. It's probably a better name. And rather than just talk about Value Line, obviously you should be reading other things, perhaps maybe Morning Star and. You know, maybe you should get a subscription to some Standard and Poor's product that are pretty attractively priced. I mean, but again, I'm not I'm not quite sure what they're after. But um, we're going to have a conversation with Value Line next week, and uh, I have you know had to hire an attorney uh, to talk to Value Line. So we'll have somebody talking to Value Line, and hopefully we can work something out where they don't think we shouldn't use Value Line. But the lawyer pointed out to me the disclosure on every value line because I did, of course, tell the attorney that I've been using value line on the show for six years. I mean, that's we're encouraging people to buy it and follow along. You know, that's the fun of it. Certainly, uh, it can't be harming them to get people using value line. But I did note, and the lawyer made a good point, that on the value line itself, which I, it's in tiny print and my eyes aren't that good anymore, it says, this publication is strictly for the subscriber's own non-commercial internal use. No part of it may be reproduced, resold, stored, or transmitted in any printed electronic or other form or used for generating or marketing any printed or electronic publication service or product. And I said, wow. I mean, what that means, I mean, if you, if you take that literally, is that no publishing analyst on Wall Street could actually... Uh, read this and then and then use it. So that that, that seems con counterintuitive to the purpose of the product, which would be to analyze a stock and then maybe encourage people to to buy that stock. So sure, sure. anyway, that's my. Uh, it's did not that, really. A, did that, that? I didn't. I just saw the but, the letter heading on. Oh that. yeah, the letter. What does it say under uh, if convicted minimum sentence? Well, that's the thing. We do have our choice of several uh, attractive spots. If it's seven years, though, it's never really seven years. Don't isn't no. it usually like six? Like you get time. You off can get some, and, and I think if you get a place with maybe some tennis or uh, you yeah. want to have some recreational activities. Exactly. I mean, well, you know, if you if you if you. Do you remember back in 1989 when all of our buddies were going to jail and Vanity Fair ran this big thing? There was a whole cottage industry called penal advisors. So when you were going to jail, which everyone was, you hired a penal advisor and he really? would tell you, you know, if um, you know if you want if you want golf, yeah, Pine, Pinecrest Fed is that the facilities? <laughs> Their unbelievable Lompoc was well. Tennis. Maybe we need to pull that out. Mo. They, even, they even had they even had a federal facility in Colorado, Fast Squash. Really? So I still have that article, but it's not really, okay. It couldn't be that. Well, some of these that they must have refurbished, like could, the ones in the bottom. Could we of the do list. this from inside <laughs> the big house? I think in uh, in those sorts of places they let you they let you do recordings. I All think right. I don't know. Stay tuned. I you never know. know where the next podcast will come from. I it's either that or we were thinking maybe South America. Well, there are, you know, we could go to Bermuda. They don't have any issues about doing this in Bermuda. The Congo. But, you know, the thing that I think is, is you know, I mean, it's funny is that we like Value Line. That's why we're using it. Obviously, we could use other things. So Speaking of which, <laughs> our first candidate. Yeah. Am I going? What? You are going. Where did Why? I do put that other sheet? This has me so, I don't know if I'm going to sleep well tonight, Mo. This is so upsetting. Okay. Rockwood. We're going to go in alphabetical order.
And uh, hopefully, if you uh, didn't enjoy that conversation, you fast-forwarded to this part of the show. So here we are at the part where we're going to talk about stocks. And I know normally at this point of the show, we do a little bit of paging through national economic trends. Yes. And I know a lot of folks are very excited about that part of the show. Uh, and I feel a little remiss not getting to it. Uh, and so what I'm going to say about that is, uh, oh, well, you know, we'll do that next week. All right. First up this week um, is a little company called Rockwood Holdings, ticker ROC. Now, again, I'm reading Value Line, so maybe when I talk to the lawyer, she can tell me, am I allowed to say what the PE is? I mean, it's on this sheet, or do I need to go get facts set? I'm, I'm, I'm confused about what we're allowed to do here. Certainly, well, there's no commercial use. But I'm just going to do it, and then we'll talk to them next week and see if they think this is somehow troubling. Okay? That's what we'll do. Right? Just go ahead. Do you think? If your probation officer says it's okay. Well, no one has, uh, no one has said I can't name the PE. All right, I know it's printed here, but I don't know that they own it. Do they? Well, what if we just said it was um, one less than 15.3? I don't know. I that's don't know really that's allowed. That, no, that's allowed. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Because you're not actually using the data. Well, I'm not going to name what I'm looking at, but it's a printed paper. Uh, stock is Rockwood Holdings. What am I attracted to? It's a, it's a discount multiple, so I keep looking. I keep looking down. Uh, what do they do? They engage in the development, manufacture, marketing of specialty chemicals and advanced materials. And i just like to disclose I just read something in Value Line out loud. But I didn't profit from it, just want to say. Um, and so, and I think value, I think they take that right out of the 10K. So maybe, maybe that's the source. I don't know. So they make sticky stuff and smelly stuff. They make specialty chemicals. The stock is cheap. Now, when you look back, these things don't often, you know, they either get a multiple because they're fully priced or they get a big premium because earnings are you know, under pressure, and the high multiple is on a on a low uh, you know low earnings. But when I look at the operating margin for a specialty chemical guy that's got to deal with raw material prices moving around, they're very stable. They run in the high teens, and they just dipped into the twenties this last year, and that's impressive. My thesis on this is the feedstock for these uh, you know specialty chemical guys is oftentimes natural gas. So while we have $100 oil, we have, I think, $2 natural gas because of all the gas they're finding uh, using fracking. And it's, uh, it's quite an interesting uh, arbitrage opportunity between the BTU content in a, in a barrel of gas, in, in an MCF, I think is 16% of the BTU content in a barrel of oil. So if I take the price of gas, $2 per MCF, multiply it by 6, I think the number really is 5.8, something like that, I'm going to get the equivalent value, which is $12 versus $100. So why is gas so cheap? It's because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a regional market here in America. You can only kind of take it where the pipe goes. And so, uh, but... And how does that benefit Rockwood? Well, I think it's possible that going forward we may see some meaningful margin expansion because oil prices are high. The perception is, and the reality in some cases, is feedstock prices, if it's oil-based, are high. But if you can manage to ship, shift some of your mix to natural gas feedstock, 
you can not raise your prices even though your customer might expect it because of oil being up and perhaps expand your margins. And I'm going to guess margins the last two years have been marching forward. Uh, some of that is due to just volume expansion. So the, uh, you know, the, the sales growth here has been 30% off the trough the last couple of years. But I, I think there's a chance that they will expand margin on, you know, on a re reduced price of their feedstocks. Now, the negatives here, they do have a fair amount of debt. They're 50% debt to cap. But I'd say over the last 10 years, you know, they have uh, not ever lost money at the operating margin line um, or even the pre-tax line. And there are some losses on net profits shown here. But I'm going to guess that uh, those are due to write-offs that, um, you know, aren't being picked up here in value line, which is just a summary of uh, the data. Um, the, uh, the dividend here is non-existent. This is not a yield play, um, so I wouldn't buy it for that reason. But I do think there's a chance you're going to get a nice uh, margin expansion over the next couple of years. And if this thing moves up a little bit, and uh, I mean, again, Value Line has this rated five, so they're recommending don't buy it. Me, Val Hughes, uh, is using the same data here to come to a different conclusion and saying that we should buy this because I think you're going to see some margin expansion in this uh, recovery we're in should last a couple of years at least. And, and you know, in addition to the margin expansion, I think you can make a pretty good case that this is a proxy for a recovering economy. Now, when you look at what they, what they make, they make pigments, that's paint. They make specialty chemicals, surface treatments, wood protectors, those will be like sealants. So as industry starts to pick up, Industry is a primary buyer of all this stuff, not retail consumers. And so you see an uptick in industry, you're going to drive revenues in addition to driving the margins. And uh, because of your natural gas arbitrage idea. If you look what happened to these guys in 2008, they had a huge write-off. Yeah. When the economy really started to slow down, even though their sales grew that year, most of those guys were probably locked in contracts. You saw this this crushing downfall during the during the economic downturn, and now you're starting to see that recovery. So you can make a pretty good case that this is a stock that is uh, really ready to see maybe another two or three years of revenue growth and margin expansion. Yeah. Well, there's another stock like this that um, I didn't mention, but we own it here in the shop. We don't own Rockwood. It's called Omnova, and if you see here this this drop in 08, the stock went from 43 to 3. Ouch, right? And now it's uh, recovered. And you, they just got so squeezed. Not only did you have debt and uh, the fear that you weren't going to cover your debt and you might go into default, but um, these specialty chemical products, a lot of them, you know, are going into obviously industrial processes and even sometimes construction and things like that that just in the spring – uh, evaporated yeah they just were gone right so this thing got clocked pretty good um i'm a little surprised value line doesn't rate it higher because usually they like the momentum yeah it's part of their secret sauce but they don't um and so uh i think this is one to look at rockwood ticker roc yeah How about that all right sure. next up um a company called san juan basin realty ticker s J-T. Now, we've had a theme on the show uh, the last few years as short-term interest rates have fallen. That's, uh, you know, yield, 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 yield. Where are you going to find yield? 
and this guy is 7.2%. So when I go down and look at the bank, it doesn't say that, nor does my money market fund. I mean, there's one interesting thing about the stock market right now, and I talk about this, is the long bond is at 2%. That's on your pre-tax coupon. So flip that over. That's 50 times pre-tax. After tax, I'm going to rough the math, you know, it's 68 times, something like that. Uh, and so the value of a certain annuity is... What does that tell you about the equity risk well, premium? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It is so enormous. So here's a stock, 13 times earnings, San Juan Basin Realty. Now, this, I think, is one of those... Uh, trust so it has some specific rules here and you can see it here when they earn money they have to pay it all out they have no choice so the dividend moves around with earnings earnings obviously move around with prices for uh, for the royalties for the royalties that they're getting uh, and again I'm just my source of my information and I think I'm allowed to say my source I often see that in professional organizations my source is Value Line, and they say that uh, the trust is not empowered to carry on any business activity and has no employees. So, uh, again, I think zero employees, you can't get any more human productivity than that. That's well, pretty amazing. You know, you know, if, if, um, and if this you, gas just has to run off over time, right? Right. If you, if you want to kick the tires, here's what you really need to do. This is a company that essentially owns land in the San Juan Basin in New Mexico. And they're getting royalties from oil producers and from gas producers who are using that land. They they get the, the checks from the producers and they distribute Pass it to it shareholders, mm -hmm. right? So what you really need to know is what what do they own in New Mexico? Where is it? What are the proven reserves? How many wells are on there? And you get some idea that this dividend and, and the, the earnings are going to be safe. Because if you look at the 7.2% yield, yeah, and you look down at the quarterly dividends paid, each year for the last three years, they've gone up. Yeah. What you don't catch is that if you go back to 2008, they don't show that. Anymore. Oh, I up see. Here, up they, here do. they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at what happened to dividends in 2008. Yeah, big Boom. jump. Right. So um, in 2009, so, you, so next year's dividend, if it was as low as 65 cents, that yield isn't all that safe. So you were right. That dividend rolls around, but it's a... But it stays high. The average 10-year uh, dividend yield here looks like it's around uh, 5, 6, 7 percent. I'm not, you know, I don't have a calculator. Correct. Um, but that's pretty impressive. And they don't waste a lot of money. So I, they have operating margins of 98 percent. So that means, like last year, 80 million in sales. Mm -hmm. They brought 78.4 to the net profit oh. line. Yep. Now, there's no... I don't believe there's tax... Uh, it, it must not be because. Uh, Boy, I bet they don't pay a lot of money to their accountants yeah. <laughs> because here's a here's a here's a plant property equipment zero accumulated zero zero. zero zero zero. So auditing these guys probably takes about an afternoon. Your hourly wage on that's going to be pretty good, I bet. Yeah. So you know you you're right. You have to you have to go see what the reserves are. But I'll say this: reserves, you have to take that as an estimate. You know, you, we always thought the reserve numbers were decent, but there was this famous event. And it was about now five or six years ago. I can't remember. But all of a sudden, Shell Oil, kind of a big company, they put out, and you could probably Google this up, Shell Oil Big Reserve Restatement. Just Google that. About five or six years ago, Shell Oil, 
who I'm sure has some of the best engineers uh, in the field, you know, uh, they restated their proven and recoverable reserves down by, I think, about 30%. And it was just, whoa, I guess they were making some errors. And then there's other times where, and I, don't, I can't quote the company, but they go the other way. And, of course, now we have technology that can go in deep water. Now we have technology that can crock, crack rocks in half. Uh, now we have technology that can convert the sar tar sands. You know, I have some cousins, and we debate. Uh, and one of the debates today was, um, does Canada have a lot of fossil fuels? Well, I'll go in and look at a few, a few uh, 10Ks and just get some quotes. The tar sands in Canada and the U.S. together, each, well, together, and then also separately Venezuela, who, who cares? But Canada has more BTUs in tar sands uh, than the entire proven crude oil reserves in the world right now. You debate with your cousins? Well, in, in emails. Yeah, we have a lot of emails going back and forth. You know, we got, we got, we got people of all different you know, really? persuasions, and we have a lot of healthy what, debates. What do you do when you all get together at Thanksgiving? Uh, we drink, mainly. Hmm. You know, we all love each other. I'm going to say a shout-out to Ken. Hey, Ken, hope you're doing well. Uh, okay. But Ken's the one that was bringing up this Canadian tar sands, and I think, you know, uh, as we move toward energy independence, um, you know, these things are going to get tested, of course, as we, as we try to take more oil and gas out of these trusts. But my point might be that the reserve on this oil and trust, oil trust, is probably uh, higher than people think because the technology keeps advancing. So what you think you can do on, you know, today, um, and even if that's accurate, as your technology improves, that goes up over time. So well, Unless the technology is proving that there's lower reserves than you thought there were. <laughs> That's also a risk. And honestly, the Shell Oil thing, it shocked the industry a few years ago. But anyway. Uh, so that's San Juan Basin Realty. And then last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a company called USA Mobility, ticker USMO. 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 And... Uh, Again, I was attracted on this one. Again, I'm just paging through. I don't know if I should say what I was paging through. But I was paging through Value Line, and, uh, and I caught the yield here, 7.2%. And that gets my attention in this environment. Uh, what do these guys do? Well, they provide wireless communication solutions to uh, a whole host of industries here. Uh, but the one that catches my eye is emergency response sectors. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what that's about. Um, they have very high returns on capital, 30, 40 percent. Uh, they've got no debt. Uh, they've got 52 bucks a share in cash on a $13 stock. Well, my colleague here, I was like, well, what do these guys do? They're three and a half times earnings. Who trades at three and a half times earnings? Is that a real number? And then I go in and look, and, you know, earnings have actually been going up for one, two, three, four years. Uh, you look at the sales line, and uh, you know, back in 2005, they had 619 million in sales. Now they have 243 million. 
So yeah. clearly a decline. And I'm like, Mo, what's up with that? And you, you, you knew quite a bit about this actually. Uh, well, you know, from a past <laughs> life. So that, you know, that was interesting. For a while, you know, these companies, which were, were private networks, they were like paging companies, and they had uh, you know uh, campus settings. The key was, and the the wave of the future was. There's no. There are going to be no more meter readers. There's going to be this little transmitter connected to your meter, and it's going to yeah. transmit your uh, electricity usage, your gas usage, right back to corporate headquarters. That whole fleet of trucks, all those guys, gone. Yeah. They were going to use the same networks uh, to have Coke machines tell the. Yeah, tell headquarters when they need to. When be they need more refills and stuff like that, and that was the wave of the future. And these networks, which were not cellular networks. We're going to do the job. Well, what's happened, and, and the idea was, why would you waste valuable cellular spectrum to have a Coke machine email data back when, you know, you can use it on a, on a paging network? Um, the thing is, there's been such an expansion of the, the, the digital world in cell phones. Now, if a, phone, if a Coke machine is going to call back, it's going to call on the 1-800 number. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's what what was their niche for a while. Now they're starting to look like maybe they're seeing some technological obsolescence. And um, so you may be buying into a wasting asset. But with that dividend yield, what's your payback ratio? Uh, am I supposed to do some math right now? Uh, 30%, 25%. Yeah. So, you know, you sort of look at that and say it's a wasting option. If it's around for five or six more years... Well, here's another point, Mo. The uh, the yield. I mean, they just cut the dividend by a buck, and the yield is seven percent. Right. Still. So you know, I don't know. This is a hard one. I mean, the thing that maybe gets me interested in this is just you know the point you made earlier is that, like earlier, you're trying to make a call on your cell phone. Right. Right. It didn't work. Right. We're in a building. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. We have some of those little AT&T gadgets around here, but they don't always work. And so, uh, but. Those pagers, like if you're a doctor, hundred percent close to it. You're you know, a Ninety-nine percent reliability. And yeah. so you know, you start to wonder: is that base level of emergency uh, responders, or doctors, or lawyers on a big case, or you know, anyone, uh, someone whose wife's about to have a baby? I mean, you need to be a hundred percent sure you're going to get that message. Right. A cell phone can't deliver that. And maybe if they can hold out for another ten years that way, you've got a you've got a nice return. Well, I think that uh, I think there's a shot at that. Now, obviously, this company, a few years ago, you know, they had to write down assets because in 2006, um, when they had uh, 500 million in sales and 40 million in profit, their return on equity was eight <clears throat> percent. But <clears throat> now they have, um, let's see, I lost my place here. Now, now they have 80. Let's just call it 80 million in profit, so a double from the 40. But instead of uh, return on equity going from eight to 16, it went from eight to 35. So, and that's true of total capital as well. So it's not just a matter of uh, equity shrinking. In fact, the equity number here, um, well, that's exactly where it is. I'm sorry. So equity has been shrinking, but they're not showing the losses here. So they, there must have just been some asset write-offs as the subscriber base. Yeah. Was falling and right. all that. So uh, you think this industry's going to? Uh, I mean, it that's all, the bet, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it all depends on how long it they can hold out against the, you know, the competition from other bandwidth rich companies. And I don't know; these guys may be the last of the breed. Maybe you just you own it because of uh, 
when was the last time you got to own a stock in, you know, a cowboy company or part of the old west of the old America? West. And, you know, so this is a nostalgia play. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know that this is the got the highest safety, but um, that kind of yield at a 30% dividend payout is pretty attractive. And go do your own homework. I mean, all you need to know is how many emergency room surgeons are there, and if you divide that by uh, $10 a month, does it add up to their revenue? And if it does, you're like, well, that makes sense. You know, revenues are about uh, a third of what they were eight years ago, and yet they're paying out a pretty nice yield. So, uh, so top choice. So that's it. Uh, top choice. Well, I don't think it's going to be that one. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm just going to back that away with that dividend. one. Um, and of course, the the high dividend one. Where'd it go here? The uh, San Juan Basin Realty. Yeah. I think that's okay, but you know we've recommended a lot of those over the years. Or, um, so by elimination, Rockwood Watson, Holdings. Rockwood Holdings ticker R O C. And I got to go with you on that one too. If you believe that there, if the economy is turning up, then um, then you're probably very bullish on this uh, on this stock. And after all this time, if you think the economy is not improving, I don't know. What can I say? Kill yourself. Ooh, no, I think it is. We've got some good yeah. numbers coming yeah. out today. So, so that's it, ladies and gentlemen. You've uh, spent another uh, 30 minutes with the value guys. Uh, I'm Val Hughes, and uh, this is my colleague, Momentum. See all our disclosures, all of our bios, pictures our moms took, and the important disclosure that we are not Value Line. See that all at www.thevalueguys.com. Thanks for listening in, everybody. See you next week.